Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. Painting the ice, painting social media with Barry Trotz to Vegas reaction coming up. For Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with you could follow us at Lockdown VGK Twitter and now on YouTube. Please subscribe and enjoy us live and our video content and all of that. I'm at Tony Dasco on Twitter and he is TD Chris G on Twitter. And Chris, you and your family, you went to the season ticket holder event at Mobile Arena yesterday First, what did you paint, or as they call it, coat on the ice at T-Mobile, Mr. Picasso? And secondly, <laughs> what was the reaction of the local VGK fans that you spoke to? Um, so, coat the ice, Tony. This is the second time the team has done it. Uh, the first year was after season number two, after not a major. And the funny thing about coat the ice is they're, the team is careful to mention, hey, if the if it's not able to be sent out by our social media, don't put it on the ice or they'll have to go and scrape it. And last night, I didn't see him walking around with the scrapers, but after season two, after not a major, they were just walking around scraping. It seemed like every you know 45 seconds, including me putting hashtag not a major on the ice, thinking, ah, no big deal. But sure enough, 30 seconds, I walk away from my Picasso, Picasso-esque uh, masterpiece and there they are scraping it away so that was uh that was unfortunate but it's it's just a wonderful event it's very positive in my opinion it's a very nice way just to simply put a bow on the season uh, me and the family went uh three or four years ago and now we went again uh last night kids a bit older now so they can get down there um wife just mentioned uh, something about mentioned to the Gallic family on there Kids were drawing VGK logos. Uh, my little girl drew a kitty cat on the ice with with VGK colors and stuff like that. So it was a good time. There was something that was incredibly creative that the team did put out. So let me let me pull this up here. All right, so they used about eighteen or nineteen different Golden Knight names. <clears throat> pardon me, and they were able to spell out Vegas Golden Knights but using each of the players' names in different spots, almost like a, like a Scrabble board type thing going on. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, as far as people talking and stuff like that, there is a little bit of chatter about things like that, but there wasn't necessarily a lot of vibe about the next season or dwelling on the past season. The messages on the ice were all positive. Even saw the, you know, the cliche, don't, don't cry that it's over. Be happy that it happened. I can throw that one out. I can scrape that one off for all I care. But, you know, just uh, a lot of positivity and stuff like that. A lot of fun. Very laid back. It's an amazing treat to be standing center ice at T-Mobile and, you know, looking out to 18,000 seats and just trying to get a tiny glimpse of what it's like being there in front of all those fans with all that noise, with all that energy and excitement and you know, you, you take a few minutes and you 
I was sitting up there when that happened. Okay, I had seats over there for for that moment. I was kind of looking around and stuff, and it's just it's it's a nice way to put the season to bed. Yeah, and so there's a lot of disappointment around the season, but uh, you know we're fans still beat you know about the Vegas Golden Knights. So what was the demeanor like of the fans? Oh, it was fine. There was it wasn't. After the not a major season, that was a little bit different as far as, you know, people still being a little bit salty and stuff like that. That was also the first event, so people didn't necessarily kind of know what to expect. But I didn't see anything negative. I didn't see anyone, you know, putting anything on the ice that was uh, inappropriate during uh, the hour that hour or so that we were out there. Um, just fun, upbeat, and <clears throat> I think everyone likes the same thing that I do. They like to go and be with their family or the people they share their seats with and just kind of it, it puts the season to bed i made sure to you know especially tell my son christopher hey this is the last time we're going to be around any type of nights hockey for the next uh you know next three or four months or so so take a look around as we're as we're walking off the ice and you know this is your your last memory as we're as we're walking off and it's it's nice it's positive um, there's a lot of questions. I saw a lot of positive uh, mentions of Robin Leonard on the ice, uh, support for all the players in general. I don't think I saw anything in, for uh, for Pete DeBoer. I'm not saying that as a, as a negative, just I don't think I saw his name out there at all, but definitely a lot of Robin Leonard love on the ice. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. I got to tell you, I have a little bit of history here, like I do with everything, but year one, Chris, boy, was I heated. PK would not paint or coat these. I had my own personal aid, both on the radio, on our Facebook show that we used to do on that podcast, on social media, go gear. Every other team, it, it's historical that they did it, you know, in the past. Uh, my tweets, by the way, I know that for a fact because they stole a couple things this past season, VGK, they have in the past as well. But yeah, it was the same year that Mr. Foley wouldn't let that first season. Mr. Foley wouldn't let the fans into the T-Mobile arena to watch the games. So they sweated out outside 120 degrees because they didn't want up the arena, just two of and all that. And by the way, remember back in the day, I'm just going with these flashbacks right now. Remember back in the day, the first season, the city of Las Vegas wanted to have a parade for the Golden Knights when they finished as Stanley Cup runner-ups. I think they deserve to have a parade for all the injuries this past year. <laughs> Let's start that crusade. Oh, geez. I, I remember. I do remember that discussion, Tony. And what I, <clears throat> I think Goodman was one of the people that was talking a lot about that, which was oddly enough because she, her jurisdiction is about this big as far as Vegas goes. But um, <laughs> sorry, I had to take a shot there. Um, but I thought the conversation, at least the public side that was out was well it was just some light planning just in case you know they were to get there um you there's no there's no parade stop it second place there should not be a parade shouldn't even be discussions of a parade the fact that that got out was unfortunate but maybe instead of a maybe not a parade down las vegas boulevard but maybe give them like um a little bit like that stretch of Harmon right there behind planet hollywood down to virgin formerly Hard Rock, maybe like a little something down there, and then they can go downtown towards the the medical district. Okay, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, you know, T-Mobile uh, would be a buzz with uh, a lot of conversations about what we spoke about on the show yesterday. 
Barry Trotz is currently a free agent after being fired by the New York Islanders. What do you believe it will take for he currently has a $4 million per year contract? So obviously, I would think an extension might be first and foremost. But now there's so much talk about Barry wanting to be a part of the front office, wanting to take on a general manager role. Couldn't they just sign a contract where he is promised to be the next general manager for VGK? Wouldn't that sweeten pot? He's in a spot where he is a Stanley Cup champion. He took an Islanders team that was not much talked about as a contending team and two years in a row went to the conference final. Last year was last year, unfortunately, in a stacked conference in a stacked division. Um, Stanley Cup champion before that, obviously, as we uh, we all know him carrying the cup off the ice, so to speak, at, at T-Mobile. So he's at the spot in his career where he can start picking and choosing. He doesn't need to look for ways to stay in the show. Um, 59 years young, so he's got plenty of time left as far as an NHL career goes. So, sure, he might be looking for more power, so to speak. Um, I'm not 100% sure on you know what exactly he wants, but he's going to do what he wants at this point. And I read some reports he might take a week or so to to think it over, which will extend our Pete DeBoer watch another, uh, you know, 10, 12 days or something like that, depending on how that shakes out. But he's earned the opportunity to be, to pick and choose for the right situation. And I would wonder how, like, okay, yesterday was the shock and awe, Barry Trot, Stanley Cup champion. We might need a coach. Let's make this happen. But now we've had a day to process things. Trotz is defense first which i like i think that's that's old school although this year's playoffs it's not about defense unless you're in your calgary and dallas everything else is uh you know nine ten goals a game it seems like vgk is not a defense first roster sure you have people like like petrangelo but he can rush the puck mcnab nick Hague, and stuff like that but after that the defense is pretty fast so if trots were to come here you might almost have to retool the defense a little bit and you know, get some bigger thumpers, some more Nick Hague, some more Braden McNabs, because that's that's what he wants back there, and that's not what the last four seasons of EGK has been built around. Yeah, I I agree with you somewhat, Chris. However, you know, I can't agree with the argument that folks were saying yesterday. Trot doesn't fit the identity of this team because right now, guess what? The identity of this team is an absolute question mark. There is no, there's no identity of this team. So why not build it again from scratch and get players that fit the system and you still have the offensive threats and maybe combines and retools this entire stress team. I think that that is what is much needed around here. That's what a coach does, Tony. And I think every coach before they are hired What's the identity? What is Coach XYZ known for? Gallant was able to, you know, kind of create the identity from scratch based on his history, based on the players, and you had this hybrid identity born. Um, and it's hard to keep that overnight, so to speak. Gallant fired, 10 minutes later, DeBoer hired. And by now, like, if you were to ask me, what is this golden, since DeBoer was hired, what how do I categorize the Golden Knights? How do I categorize their style of play? 
what are they known for? And it's not an easy answer. They have speed across the middle. They can get up ice quickly, but their identity is taking right now, unfortunately, it's taking low percentage shots from low percentage areas on the ice that have a low percentage chance of being converted to a high danger chance. And that's not the identity that anyone wants. Um, so yes, I do like retooling the identity, whether that is DeBoer is able to do that. I mean, DeBoer is still our coach right now, so we have to at least extend that courtesy while we're, while we're discussing this. Or if it's Trotz or a different coach that comes in, their identity needs to be established day one, starting with, uh, you know, just, you're having, you, you have flashbacks, Tony, so now I have flashbacks. I'm from Chicago. I am still a Chicago Bears supporter because apparently I'm, I like pain and all sorts of bad things in my life, but I still support my Chicago Bears. And it's a revolving door of coaches, a wasteland of quarterbacks, and just, okay, slow down. It's every press conference the Chicago Bears have when a new coach comes in. We're going to take the division. It's going to start with us beating Green Bay. It's going to start with this. It's going to, and it just gets repetitive after a while, but that's what the Golden Knights need day one, either from DeBoer, if he is going to be our coach you know, a, a new DeBoer, a DeBoer 2.0, so to speak, or if it's a new coach, it's that day one press conference that, you know, the first two or three questions, I want to know what this guy is going to be about. What is he going to bring to the table? What can I expect for the new and hopefully improved Golden Knights? And I'm a glutton for punishment because both my Rangers and your Vegas Golden Knights, one thing in common, turnovers, and I'm just sick of turnovers. And you know, the one thing, though, uh, you know, when the trademarks of Barry Trotz and his teams, okay, in the Ozone, the one that VGK lacked the most this season, put players in front of the net and playing downhill. And that's the one thing that would absolutely change. I don't care if he's an offensive coach or defensive coach, but in the offensive zone, we know one thing for sure, VGK would play more physical and they would have players front of the net. That goes both ways, Tony, too, because how many goals have been scored in the DeBoer era against the Golden Knights where someone is absolutely alone in front of the net for the opposition, and there's either a lazy sure. rebound or redirection, and it's just it's just a tap-in for them. And that's something that uh, needs to definitely change sooner than later and i know there's a there's all sorts of different strategies and stuff old school strategy power play you put your you know your biggest person in front of the net you move the puck you cycle the puck on the outside you take a shot hopefully it creates a chance and now teams will sometimes even leave that person it's not just the golden knights tony it's other teams they will sometimes leave the net wide open and just kind of leaving the goalie to fend for themselves. And it's a strategy that I don't understand. But, you know, unlike you, Tony, the Golden Knights read your tweets. I have not received a call from any NHL coach about um, my thoughts on the game and my thoughts on net front presence. And there's probably a reason for that. So I'll just, uh, I'll just shut up and assume they know more than I do. Coming up next, we've got three VGK players who will be representing Canada at the World Championships. Stay tuned. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Our partners at online continue the number uh, to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports information. 
and uh, they have all the latest news and sports developments, including the NBA playoffs. You've got Major League Baseball, and you've got all the MMA and even next season's upcoming NFL futures. Plus, of course, the latest from the National Hockey League, all the news and information from the playoffs. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoff, esports, and more. Head to the web today, or you can just use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And Chris, a trio of VGK players will be representing Canada coming up in the 2022 II World Championship. It happens in Finland. It starts on Friday. Those players, Nick Gua, Zach Whitecloud, and the goaltender Logan Thompson. And playing devil's advocate here, like I normally do, um, Kelly McCrimmon, didn't he speak about, hey, a lot of burnout, a lot of games played, you know, in 2021 and 2020, past couple of seasons. Uh, I, I'm happy, you know, for the players and this honor, but I have to wonder about burnout and playing too much hockey, perhaps. I'm not sure. Uh, but on the, the other hand, the experience obviously will help someone uh, like uh, Logan Thompson right, with his development. Uh, and underway, again, this tournament begins on Friday. Uh, just your thoughts about them playing a little bit of extra hockey. I know Logan Thompson probably would benefit the most. Definitely, Tony. And I'm not in favor of anything during the season. I hate the Olympics when they're going to take place during the season because that's when I think the most burnout can can occur. Um, we're not sending Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and our uh, older vets you know, you're talking Zach Whitecloud, Logan Thompson, Nick Wah, all younger players who can benefit greatly from this big stage. They can gain so much leadership experience. I don't think a whole lot of burnout is going to be experienced from any of those three players. Hopefully Canada makes a deep run and they can play in some pressure situations, which will only help uh, VGK down the road. Nick Waugh is someone very important to the Golden Knights right now as far as where he's going to fit in next year. So many impending roster changes. There's a good chance when the dust settles, Nick Waugh might play you know, 70% of his games next year. I would say probably 80% of his games in the top nine and at least 40 to 50% of the games possibly in the top six, depending on how the roster is tooled from current VGK players. HSK players, um, free agents, and stuff like that. So Nick Wobb going to get a huge benefit for this. Zach Whitecloud, an awesome season, plus 21, I think we highlighted um, a couple, last week on the show. So Zach Whitecloud just going to get that get more defensive experience on uh, on the bigger sheet of ice. So he's going to have to uh, you know play a little bit of a wider game, so to speak. So a little little more of a unique experience for a defenseman and. Logan Thompson, I mean, what can we say about this guy? You know, starts in the AHL because McCrimmon feels he's not ready. He is not ready to make the jump to the AHL yet. They signed Brassois, you know, in the first 10 minutes of free agency last year for that reason. Um, 
Logan Thompson got us within a heartbeat of the playoffs. I think we would have been a, a hell of a lot more competitive than Nashville, obviously. Um, unfortunately, uh, Colorado disposed of them pretty quickly. Um, Logan Thompson starts in the AHL, works his way up. He's backing up. He gives us a shot, and here he is. You know, uh, he's going to get some quality starts in a world championship scenario. I mean, good for him, good for the future of the Golden Knights. These three guys are going to make big contributions next year as a result of this experience. I don't think burnout will play a factor for these three individuals. And typically the world championship is for players who are knocked out of playoffs early. And as you mentioned, a number of players perhaps had turned down due to nagging injuries and just needing the rest. And Carlson's no got to get ready for his wedding. Of course, they probably just turned down all the invitations. Uh, also on that Canadian team, Matt Barzell, uh, Thomas Chabot, and uh, for VGK, a couple of alums are also going to be playing uh, in the World Championship, or at least a couple that I had spotted, Nate Schmidt playing for Team USA, former Golden Knight, current Winnipeg Jet, and also Thomas Tatar is on the <laughs> roster playing for Slovenia. Uh, but you know, when you talk about uh, and talk about his development, and this is the first time that he will be playing for the Canadian national team. He played for the under-18s. He played in the past for the under-20 team. Uh, but this past season, 78 games, had a career high in goals with 15, and he had 24 assists. He had that breakout season. My question is, oh, I hate this word, sustainability. <laughs> I have to go there with, with McCrimmon. Sustainability, please. So, Nick, why sustainable? I think that's the question. And our, can, can he continue this growth? Um, why not? Um I don't want to anchor a line around Nick Wah and build him as the player who is going to make those around him better. That's not where he is right now. Maybe down the road, sure. And obviously him in a line three or, you know, for that one amazing, uh, for that for those two periods when we got to roll four lines with uh, Wah between uh, Colasar and um, and Carrier, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, Unfortunately, that was only two periods before Colasar got hurt, and we lost that terrible game against the Sharks, unfortunately. But Nick Wah, I think he can sustain those numbers. We're not talking huge numbers or anything like that. I would like to see those numbers go up versus his contract because uh, we would be in a huge plus EV scenario, so to speak, where he's outperforming his contract. But Nick Wah, very sustainable. Those aren't huge numbers by any means, but they're nice numbers. And Nick Wah is going to be, say it again, I think he's going to be a key contributor all throughout the lineup next season, given all the changes that we're, uh, we're expecting. Now, development doesn't necessarily mean numbers, right? It doesn't mean Correct. goal scored, and it does not mean assist. It just means how valuable you are on the ice. And we've talked to Zach Whitecloud repeatedly on this show because contributions and he's a valuable player because it doesn't matter if he scores or not. He's playing well defensively, and you have to have a player like that on the ice. No doubt. And, you know, I know you just said stats aren't as important. I certainly get that. Um, a stat that seems to be washing up a little bit is plus minus. A lot of people seem to be discounting a stat like plus minus, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Um you get a minus if you're out there when a goal is scored against you. You get a plus if uh, you're out there when a goal is scored. Special teams obviously play into that too. Um, 
but White Cloud was a plus 21. A plus 21 in a season where the Golden Knights, I think their plus minus goal differential in the regular season was was a plus 18. It was not very big by any means. If you give me a 10 seconds, I'll tell you exactly where they were because now I'm curious. Uh, the Golden Knights last year, they were a plus, okay, plus 18. Wow, good good reporting, Gallic. Uh, they were a plus 18. White Cloud exceeded that in a season where there wasn't as much scoring. So Zach Whitecloud is quietly becoming quietly becoming our most important defenseman on a defense that has Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, and Shea Theodore. Uh, Zach Whitecloud is the one who's going to take care of home. And uh, with Zach Whitecloud, uh, there was a nice tweet yesterday uh, by Hockey Indigenous that said that uh, congratulations to the Sioux Valley Dakota Nation and their very own BGK defenseman, Zach Whitecloud. This is a big honor for him in making Team Canada and also uh, the Sioux Valley Dakota Nation will be attending the IIHF World Championship well, in cool. and Helsinki, Finland. So that is great news. And then when it gets to, uh, to Logan Thompson, I'm just wondering what are some of the areas that you might feel he needs to work on, he needs to improve on, and he needs to also prove that he wasn't a flash in the pan, right? And that he just wasn't this one-hit wonder moving forward. But what were some of you know his weak areas that you feel teams started to exploit? I know, obviously, forehand to backhand on, uh, of course, the shootouts. I think that's something he needs to be more aware of and, and all of that. But I mean, he's very sound, you know, fundamentally, I think. And one of the areas that really impressed me over Robin Leonard, if I will, the fact that he did not allow a lot of rebounds in front of the net. He just gobbled up the puck, sat on it, did whatever he had to do, grabbed it with his mitt, and he did not allow of, of rebounds. I thought that that was outstanding on his part. But what you have seen, and you're around hockey a lot, and you're on the ice a lot, you know, watching players, the development of players as such, what do you feel he might need to improve on? I'm going to start off ice with, with Logan Thompson and social media. Go figure, Golden Knight goaltender social media discussion coming. Um, Logan Thompson has confidence. He's got swagger. He likes commenting in post-game pressers when things are going well, pointing out all the goaltender experts in their parents' basement and, and all those things. And he's called out people who have criticized his style before. After he got a shutout, he... Uh, uh, if he took a shot at McKenna, I forgot who he took a, who he took a shot at. But point being, there's a lot of noise around an NHL goalie, not just a Vegas Golden Knights NHL goalie. But you got to find a way to block that out. I don't mind a goalie on social media. I don't mind anyone on social media. I think it's fun and I think it's playful. But he, I think, kind of takes that to a different level, a personal level at times. And he's going to have to find a way to curb that, number one. Um, as far as on the ice, he plays very controlled, I feel. Um, rebound control, I think, goes hot and cold. There are some games where he's able to direct that puck into the corner, and there's a few times when it would bounce right off his crest and it would be sitting right in front. And we talked about net front presence earlier. VGK doesn't have a lot on either side of the ice, 
So if he lets that rebound just uh, waver in front of him, there's a good chance it's going to be converted to a goal. So I would say not improvement, but continuous improvements on rebound control. Um, at times I feel he's a little bit out of control, almost a little bit Marc-Andre Fleury-esque. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury is not a big body goalie. And, you know, going back, I watched, um, me and my kid were just watching some random season one recaps of the Golden Knights. And you watch all these amazing saves that Marc-Andre Fleury was making. But a lot of them, Tony, are because of his style. He plays, he glides a lot. He moves a lot. And he could be going right, someone comes left. He makes this amazing diving save, which is awesome for the highlight reel. But it's because he was a little bit out of position to begin with. And it's not a criticism. That's just his style of play. And Logan Thompson, I feel, was doing the same sometimes. But he does not have the speed that Flurry has. He's a bigger body. So almost a little more of the Robin Leonard control. Control, not, not, not slow reaction time, Tony. But the Robin Leonard control, I think, would really help Logan Thompson in his developments and increased uh increased um concern if you will increased attention to detail about rebound control yeah and you what you noticed there too was uh, that, that logan thompson was bored by mark af well uh, mm -hmm. andre Fleury was here in las vegas uh last season they worked an awful lot together and he again uh, thompson is crediting mark andre for his uh, improvement and his development as well. Coming up next, we will take a look. The NHL draft lottery is coming up tonight. Stay tuned. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And for your next listen, we invite you to check on uh, check out Locked On Now. It's your nightly recap of every NHL game. They have analysis from the local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And tonight, Chris, the NHL draft lottery takes place. Of course, VGK has zero chance, 0.05% of a chance of winning it, but they can't. They will get into all these rules and everything else. Montreal Canadiens have the best odds currently. And the Blue Jackets and the Sabres really be in line to stock some picks here. Um, two draws. Drawings, one for the top pick and one for number two tonight. Only the top seven teams and the lottery are eligible now for the top pick. Canadians at 18.5% to win it. Coyotes, they need a break. They're second best at 13.5%. Uh, Buffalo, as we know, acquired VGK's top, uh, or, yeah, their first pick, I should say, in the Eichel trade. If VGK's pick is in the top 10, then they would keep it, VGK would, and then they would send the Sabres the first-round pick for 2023. A little complicated there, but uh, the Golden Knights, again, if they are in the top 10. But I think the Sabres could have two picks in the top 16. Got to watch out for the team because they're up and coming with, of course, Alex Tuck and Krebs. I would just love to watch the hockey world explode if somehow the Golden Knights won the draft lottery. Now, if they win the draft lottery, you can only improve 10 spots. So they're not going to wind up drafting one if that happens. But just with all the hate around the Golden Knights, it would be a lot of fun just to, you know, it would give us some great topics tomorrow to talk about, Tony, for, um, you know, it's rigged, it's this, it's that. Another season where 
where uh, the Golden Knights are going to have everything set up for them. That would be a lot of fun to be able to uh, spew some hate back there. And Buffalo, you know, the cursed franchise, so to speak, it would be a very Buffalo thing where, you know, VGK would win this draft lottery and then it, it you know, mess, it steers their plans back another year or something like that. But, you know, it's, it's entertaining. The NHL has taken steps forward trying to make events out of the draft, obviously, as we know here in Vegas, like the NFL just did. And shout out to all the casino workers uh, a couple weeks ago who uh, successfully navigated the, the troubled waters of uh, Las Vegas Boulevard getting to and from work during all that. Maybe, uh, maybe a couple of years from now, we'll have the strip shut down and uh, not for a victory parade for the Golden Knights, as nice as that would be, Tony, but for an NHL draft uh, lottery special, we'll shut down uh, a portion of maybe Fremont Street. We'll start on Fremont Street and let it build up. How, how does that sound? I know. You're going downtown an awful lot on this episode. And for VGK, this draft is not, it's not, let's not sugarcoat, right? This isn't important to VGK, this draft, is it? I mean, what drafts have been important to VGK? We're just going to draft them and, and send them the off and hopefully... Uh... Yeah, I mean, they're all important, Tony. I mean, you look at the draft picks we've had and, you know, we've converted those high draft round picks to, you know, Pacioretty, Stone, Jack Eichel and stuff like that. So, sure, there's importance to it. But as far as developing that talent, um, this is a conversation I had a while back with, you know, homegrown VGK players that have come up through, you know, starting from the Chicago Wolves back when that was our affiliation. Now, obviously, uh, we have our Silver Knights here. Um, you know, I think Nick Haig had a lot of time down before he worked his way up, Keegan Colasar and such. So there are players that we are developing. I think we'll really get a sense for that this year and the next, you know, two or three years now with Henderson right here and such. So the, the lower draft rounds, absolutely the draft is, is a ton of importance. I don't want to discount that by any means, but it just seems like our higher draft picks, we're going to find a way to turn them for a, a shiny new toy. Other than Brendan Brisson, last year's yes. outstanding draft pick, and he is going to, I, we both believe he'll be on the opening day roster, if not a starter. I think he will be right next to Jack Eichel. I really do believe that. I'm starting to believe that more and more. The top prize in this year's draft, Shane Wright. He is the number one ranked player by Central Scouting. He's from Canada. He's a center. And Montreal, if they win, they have a top-line center, Nick Suzuki, uh, of course, on the top line. Maybe uh, perhaps Shane Wright would move to the second line if he's uh, one of those players that starts, you know, starts off. Well, team and Jake Evans is on the second line, could be a third liner as well. Um, we're looking at the top player from the U.S., and we'll get more information to us, and we'll uh, be disseminating more information about uh, the top, top prospects in the future. Uh, Logan Cooley is a name to hear repeatedly. He's out of the USL. He played for the University of Minnesota. Uh, he's a top five pick. He's a center. A lot of players from Slovakia and foreigners going uh, Simon uh, Nemec is the name that we the most from Slovakia. And so it's pretty interesting. Uh, but you sent me a little blurb from an article and VGK from where perhaps they might be picking here might land, say, a Connor Geeky, uh, the brother of Morgan Geeky. Yeah, perhaps. 
Yeah, I mean, it's who, who knows, Tony, and it's it's always interesting to see how these the draft picks develop from your you know top two or three players. Do they come right to the NHL? Do they spend some time in the AHL or otherwise, depending on um, on the team's um, farm systems, if you will. Um, some develop fast and make day one impressions. And then you have a player like your Rangers, Alexis Lafreniere, who is taking, you know, some time to develop and he's having a hard time, uh, you know, adjusting to the, 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 the lights, uh, that pressure situation. And then you have these players you necessarily don't hear of day one and even a Cole Caulfield. Who the hell was he until, uh, you know, last year's playoffs? And he started a little bit slow, wound up having a nice season. Uh, Kaprizov, oh my goodness, uh, what can you say about someone like that? You know, but then you got uh, Dylan Cousins, who's on the Canadian roster, and, and players like that who are just, um, you know, developing at a fast pace. And you just hope VGK can get it right. And I was chuckling when, when you said Brisson earlier because he sh- I think he's a day one VGK player next year. But he's also that high draft pick who is showing some promise. VGK does have to prop, you know, shed a fair amount of salary. Could he be a, a you know, collateral damage as we retool this team next year? And and yeah, what and what do you and what are you going to try and get back? Like, I mean, he's a promising prospect. Uh, sets up on that uh, on that left circle opposite Ovechkin and uh, Rockets at one time were in on the power play. I'm excited to what for what he might bring to the table, but. I mean, is there a shot he's traded away? Who knows? Everything's on the nah, table. I don't so think so. Everything's no. on the table. I don't think so, but it's not know, out of the I realm. It's not out of the realm. Yeah, there's a lot of talk, too, on the way out here, just our final uh, topic here, and something that I threw in. But Riley Smith, uh, they feel on the free agent market, will get he'll get a lot of attention out there. Uh, and he does should. he stay with a team-friendly deal? Because it's going to... He's probably going to have to stay. If he stays here in Vegas, it'll be a team-friendly deal because of those salary cap issues. Uh, if he goes, it's going to be because someone's throwing a boatload of money at Riley Smith. But he is uh, going to be one of the more popular names, I think, in free agency this summer. I think Riley Smith would strongly consider a reasonable team-friendly deal, depending on if any damage was done during this past season with the salary cap and, you know, if he was collateral damage for his injury where we couldn't get him into the lineup down the stretch when we really needed him. But he does host the softball game. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that, Tony, uh, as time goes on. He does, he's very active in the local Vegas scene. And like many players, I do believe that, um, you know, he simply does enjoy being here. So, yeah, Riley Smith, I could see giving a team-friendly discounts. Um, not a big, big one, but I could see, if, you know, if there's, you know, a half a million. or What's half a million, Tony, especially in uh, with, with the tax breaks we get here in Vegas? I think, I hope Riley Smith finds a way to be here next year. Very important player, but, I mean, he was all but traded two or three times last year, it seemed like, right? Yeah, and Dodonov, now that we know that Bill Foley likes him, he'll be captain next around year. here. Captain Dodonov. He'll be the, he'll be the <laughs> captain. Uh, coming up our show, we will recap the NHL draft lottery, and we'll continue with Pete DeBoer watch, plus much, much more. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, please check out Lockdown NHL first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news, all the experts, and that happens every Monday through Friday, and it is free available wherever your podcast. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now from Las Vegas. We'll see you back here once again tomorrow on Lockdown Golden Knights.